All right, we're going to get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome to a Single Tree Podcast. We're back with Whitney Mosier, therapist here at Real Life Counseling. We're going to continue talking about couple relationships today, and today we're going to mm-hmm. jump into sex and intimacy. So if you listen to the la- last podcast episode, then you'll be really excited about this one. <laughs> we had a lot so, of people listening to the last podcast. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I don't know if they were interested in anything Brandon and I were talking about, but they were definitely interested in <laughs> what you true. were talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody is, you know, wants to know about relationships. Right. It's a hot topic. So, yeah, it's exciting. The We'll take it a little bit further today. Um, talk about sex and intimacy, a big part of couple relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, couple relationships are probably one of the places where we experience the most intimacy or have the potential to experience the most intimacy um sex is just one way that we experience intimacy um there are other ways Mm um but uh do you do the people coming in to see you want to talk about sex or do you feel like a lot of people don't really want to talk about it um when i have couples come in it's tends to be both ways I haven't had anybody that immediately off the bat um, wants to go deep into their sexual relationship but um, once that topic is really brought to the forefront people there's maybe some discomfort there or some people tend to maybe be a little bit more comfortable talking about it but um, I think if they can kind of push through that discomfort, they'll find that it's worthwhile for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It seems kind of obvious, but why do you think people are so uncomfortable talking about it? Mm. That's a really good question. I mean, there's the, the obvious answer, you know, it's just sort of like private or, or right. you know, um, people don't want to like share that about themselves because it's so, it seems like it's such a personal thing. But do you think that, Um, there are other reasons I think just coming in and talking to a relative stranger can be different and a little anxiety provoking Um, I think a lot of times people's comfort level around sex is um, reflective of maybe how sex was handled in their families growing up or their sexual experiences throughout um, adolescence or adulthood so all of those things kind of come together and even I find saying the word um, sex is uncomfortable for people people want to use a lot of euphemisms like they use in- intimacy as a euphemism for sex or mm-hmm. um, closeness or they really that saying that word can be um, a little uncomfortable I think for people so I don't know all of the reasons why, but I think a lot of it has to do with just kind of cultural, maybe attitudes and family of origin experiences around sex and just their life Mm -hmm. experiences. Maybe religion um, could play a factor too. So um, So there can be a good bit of baggage we carry around then with sex. Yeah, even just talking about it or Mm -hmm. with sex in general I think for sure Mm -hmm. 
So, but it's uh, it's worth it. And what do you think are the things that people can get out of it in terms of their personal growth and edification, or just uh, growth in their couple relationship? What do you what do you see people gaining from addressing it? So, well, just the act of talking about something that is uncomfortable can be a growing a growing experience. Um, you have to maybe your heart's racing a little bit or you're a little uncomfortable and really pushing yourself to have these difficult conversations is in itself growing you. Um, that's a big part of uh, personal development and relationship growth is really having conversations around things that aren't necessarily easy for us and having those so it can become easier so you can facilitate conversations with your partner um so just that act in itself can benefit you um also the way i view the sexual relationship with my couples or in couple relationships is that it is another sort of platform for people to explore why they are the way they are and really grow individually and spiritually a lot like we talked last time and in the relationship and really help their partner grow as well so it's really putting yourself under a microscope in the sexual relationship it really highlights a lot of those insecurities and unresolved issues we carry along and um, maybe past hurts too so if you are interested in exploring those and resolving them and moving forward from them, the sexual relationship can help you do that as a vehicle for that. It's not just mm-hmm. something that you have to work towards as an end reward. Um, it can be the thing that you use to get to um, a really good place in your relationship. It's an interesting view of sex people think about it as um, uh, sort of a way that they can get what they want, that they uh, need to be satisfied sexually, uh, or that that's the purpose of it, that, that it's the purpose of it is to, for you to have your desires fulfilled. And when you've done that, then you're succeeding sexually or you have a, a healthy sexual relationship or something like that. But what you're, you're saying is it's actually the purpose of it can be to um, bring out uh, and illuminate some insecurities, um, which is a helpful thing because uh, then you can address those and and grow as Mm -hmm. a person. So it's actually um, a lot like what we were talking about last time. Mm -hmm. Um, Couple relationships are there, not just for you to have your needs met or to get all of your desires fulfilled, but, to be uh, a vehicle for change and growth. Mm-hmm. And the way that that happens is through the heartbreaks that you experience. Mm-hmm. That, that's what you were saying um, in the last episode. So if you haven't listened to the previous episode on couple relationships, you can go back to that sort of a introduction into um, into this discussion on yeah. intimacy. Um, so it's, it's really a, a similar thing or sex is just a, as something that sort of maybe um, brings those insecurities and and heartbreaks to the surface. Yes. Um, and so, can you tell us how that happens? Or 
what the process is or just even examples? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I think that really changing, again, your perspective on what sex means and really challenging your perspectives on what it should or shouldn't look like is going to be an important first step. Um, that shift in perspective applies here as well. Um, so a lot like in relationships, um, those insecurities are, they exist um, despite what your, despite what's appearing on the surface um, or how long it takes for them to really come to the surface. And it's the same with the sexual relationship. Those are playing out, whether you're aware of them consciously or not, those personal fears and insecurities and feelings of inadequacy or um, unresolved issues are at play in sex. Mm -hmm. And anytime, anytime you experience some sort of sexual difficulty with your partner or within yourself, it's really more than likely a reflection of those things um, attempting to come to the surface. A lot of times we try to ignore them or push forward anyway, or um, maybe we just don't want to go there or we don't know how to explore those and they can really affect your sexual desire and um, maybe it makes you want sex less or maybe it drives you to want more sex. It really just depends on what your particular um, insecurities are when it comes to um, who you are as a person and um, how you do have sex. We were talking earlier about how a lot of those things are probably subconscious and subconsciously driven and a product of a lot of the experiences that we've had. Um, relationships that we've had mm -hmm. in our families, how we learned about um, gender and how people relate to one yeah. another, kind of attachment and stuff like that mm -hmm. with caregivers. Um, and so uh, it really, it, there's a lot of different things that can come up mm -hmm. in the sexual relationship with, um, in a couple relationship. Um, and uh, those are the places are where there's opportunity for growth, right? Um, I th there's a lot of like, there can be a lot of hurt feelings too. Yes. <laughs> Before sex even starts, right? Yeah. Because I think yeah. sex um, starts before you hit the bedroom mm -hmm. for sure. Um, okay. And I would like to say before we get too far into it, that there's no real expectation around sex needs to be important to you, or you should be having sex X amount of times a week. Um, when couples come in, if someone's not wanting sex, I'm not there to try to increase their desire to match their partner or decrease the other person's desire to match. There's really no pressure to want sex um, if you don't want it you know there's it's worth exploring that but also I think when people come in they're afraid that if they're the lower desire partner that there's something wrong with them or that they sh there's they should increase their desire to please their partner there's a lot of 
insecurities that play out there as well. So I think first and foremost, it's really just about coming in with that willingness to talk and explore and um, not looking at the being the high desire, low desire partner as better or worse than. It's really just exploring about why maybe you're in that position and what type of um, things are influencing why you're playing that role out with your relationship. So it's not necessarily any better or worse to be the higher desire partner when it comes to sex or the lower desire partner when it comes to sex. And I think that's important to communicate because along with those cultural attitudes around sex, we think that we should want sex all the time and be ready to have it anytime, anywhere, especially, you know, when those gender roles come in, like the man should be initiating or um, should want it all the time. And sometimes it's the woman that's the higher desire. A lot of times it's the woman that's the higher desire. So really challenging those cultural attitudes and beliefs that you have, I think is going to be really important if you're entering into talking about this um, with your partner and in therapy as well. Good. So it's not just about frequency or increasing the frequency. Right. Yeah. The frequency of how often um, you and your partner are having sex Sex is probably um, an important thing to talk about and address, but it's not just all about like everybody needs to have more sex. Right. More and more. I like that because then it's mm-hmm. you're saying that it's what you're wanting to cover and really get into is deeper than just the mechanics, the yes. surface kind of mechanics. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Deeper than, you know, sexual position or frequency, Technique different or, things like right. not that those things shouldn't be included, but it's 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 deeper than that. It's more what you're wanting to reach and help people engage in and, and explore is something that's more emotionally based or um, wanting to get them to explore content that's um, maybe at the time unconscious. So you're wanting to bring the unconscious kind of to light Mm -hmm. so that those things can be explored. Because, yeah, when I hear you guys talk, so much of what sex is, I mean, you know... um, everyone has a certain amount of programming or baggage around sex but when that colli- when the, when that collides that can cause you know that that causes there's tension there mm-hmm. right and then a lot of that energy is just more unconscious and emotionally based it sounds so then you spend time helping people kind of uncover that uh, get move past some of these misconceptions about frequency or it should look like this and then it's almost like you're helping them shed layers to go deeper then yes definitely and I think that um, it's really hard to get down to that place if we have really rigid views around sex and what sex means in relationships and the male role and the female role and um, frequency and technique or type types of positions that may be um, used in sex or um, because really apart from the physiological aspects of sexual drive our 
feelings of inadequacy and insecurities and fears are one of the biggest deterrents in sexual desire and um, because those things really have an impact on how people operate and think and biological drive um, isn't always the winner when it comes to when you engage in sex or not because I'm sure that people have had experiences where they weren't feeling good enough or um, maybe they felt as though their partner just wanted them for sex and not for them and they didn't engage in sex even though maybe they had that physiological response to engage in sex so it's really <laughs> understanding that how big of a factor that is in our sexual um, relationship and our own individual um, ways that we have sex. So really taking a look at the sex that you're having and how you're having it versus coming in and being like, why don't you try this or that? Really asking the couple or asking yourself like, how are we having sex? Where is my mind at? What is coming up when I'm um, initiating sex or it's being initiated with me? So really just taking a look at how you're doing what you're already doing really um, is going to be a good entryway into um, really exploring your sexual relationship and your own insecurities that come up during sex. I will often ask couples like, what when you're having sex or when you're engaging in foreplay, what thoughts come through your mind? And that's really how I'll mm. start that conversation. And a lot of people don't know or they'll start to have thoughts about um, either their body or um, maybe that their partner is just wanting sex from them. Like all sorts of things can really come up when you start to really pay attention to what's going through your mind. Um, during the the act of sex so that can be a really good window for people so an insecurity like an example of an insecurity might be um, that uh, if a male um, partner um, has a belief which could be a rigid belief that mm -hmm. they that that the male should be initiating that they should be initiating sex or um, the aggressor um, and but they don't feel comfortable with that um, or don't find themselves initiating mm -hmm. um, sex and and uh, that might be an insecurity that comes up when they discuss sex or um, it's possible that the their partner might want them to be the initiator but they don't feel comfortable with that and so um, that's just an example of how something could come up in a, in a sexual relationship mm -hmm. or, or just a sexual encounter. Um, and then what's it, what's the goal of, um, of that, of gaining insight into that? And then what, what should be done next? What would be a helpful like next step once you realize that? Once you realize that that's something that you, maybe an insecurity that yeah. comes up during sex, mm -hmm. I think that if it's important to you and you want to reach your sexual potential, I think people often 
settle for um, just adequate enough or effective enough sex to come to orgasm. But if you are interested in really, first and foremost, if you're interested in really reaching the limits of your sexual relationship, um, then I think you'll be more willing to enter into it. So that, and then also the goal really is to know yourself better. Um, it's not only about having better sex. Now, if you end up having better sex because of knowing yourself better, then you're going to have to deal with that. Right. (laughs) So, um, I think you probably won't complain about that. So, um, really it's about, it's a, it's a reflection of yourself and it's a mirror into why you are the way you are. And if you understand yourself better and you can really resolve those insecurities and the case that you just mentioned, if a man is uncomfortable with really harnessing or tapping into that more aggressive, um, style or that more aggressive meaning when it comes to sex, if he is really, um, if he is interested in understanding that better and where that comes from and he's able to explore maybe the relationship with his caregivers that made him that way and he's really willing to push himself to tap into that more aggressive style or meaning in sex, he may be able to really, that can help him resolve that issue. Um, He's going to be uncomfortable and anxious along the way. A lot like we talked about last time, this isn't a pain-free, anxiety-free process either. Um, But when you really push through that discomfort, if he were to push through the anxieties that come with really, um, and the thoughts as well that come up when he enters into um, a more kind of kind of that more aggressive style of sex um, in the sexual relationship, he can really push through and resolve a lot of those things. So I think the goal really is to understand yourself and resolve those things so you can become more secure within yourself and have that sense of adequacy that comes from within, right? Um, But he can do that through really not letting that anxiety keep him from trying out that meaning of sex with his partner. Um, That's where the sexual relationship can offer you that platform. So it's not just about talking about it. Um, You can talking about it is going to be really important, right? Those insights really can help you understand it. But with his partner, he can really, it's going to come up more intensely in his heart and his mind and really pushing through that. And even if it's a little awkward at first, he can resolve, it can help him resolve that, um, whether it's a childhood wound or um, some sort of insecurity that has developed he can start to overcome it, really, mm-hmm. in that way. Also think about what that can do for the couple relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, the quality of the couple relationship and the potential that that opens up for just 
the emotional expression and connection in, in the relationship as well. Yeah. Any time that we reveal ourselves in the presence of our partner and really validate ourselves to open up in their presence and confront ourselves around our own feelings of inadequacy or insecurities or unresolved issues, it's going to create a deeper level of intimacy. And I think a lot of people spend time in their relationships and especially their sexual relationships not revealing these things, understandably so, right? Because they don't want their partner to think that it's something they're doing wrong. And a lot of times our partners or ourselves take it very personally, like we're not adequate um, when it comes to sex or um, we're not attractive enough or something like that. So I think people really um, limit themselves when they don't talk about these things in the presence of their partner because when you push through the discomfort and you really reveal what's really going on in the sexual relationship and that it's something that you're dealing with and struggling with and you collaborate with your partner and through sex or through any method that you decide on, it's going to bring you two closer if you both are willing to really um, stay grounded and listen and not take it personally and really just hold that space for each other to really work it out. Yeah, you're really giving yourself the effort when you mm-hmm. enter into that anxiety or whatever's coming up, right? And mm-hmm. then the moment, whether it be sex or any, you know, any other kind of scenario, but with your partner, in the midst of your partner, with your partner, you're giving yourself the opportunity to really be <clears throat> received. Mm-hmm. Right. Which is really powerful. Right. To have the experience of being received. That is definitely going to have a have an effect um, in how you guys have sex. The self-respect that comes along with that is going to make you feel more desirable. And the more desirable you feel, the more confident you're going to be when it comes um, to having uh, sex with your partner, right? So um, it can be really, really scary to do that. Um, But again... You're not going to come out the other side the same person. So if they sort of understand the thing or insecurity that their partner is trying to work out um, or or wants to be able to address and sort of like enter into vulnerability Mm -hmm. about, then that that is part of the goal of the sexual relationship, but also just the intimate relationship. Mm-hmm. right in their in their partnership and so if they become partners in kn- knowing exploring and knowing one another's insecurities that that some that somehow is going to have an effect on the sexual relationship mm-hmm. which is you know se- sex in itself is a is a vulnerable it puts you in a vulnerable place yes um it can uh, do you let it? <laughs> yeah, but 
and it's also like there's this exchange and there's a giving and receiving of one another mm-hmm. in the sexual sexual relationship which includes all of you it's not just your best parts or right. um, the things that you love about yourself or believe are attractive or it's it's all of you um even even the parts that you might feel insecure about or or not like about yourself or 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 just feel nervous to reveal Mm -hmm. maybe and so and so it's about not just the exchange of you know um being in close proximity of um you know uh, the fi- the physical things, um, or just being, you know, sharing sharing in a physical intimacy. It's about exchanging those other things too, which are deep, <clears throat> deep parts of you. Um, and so, probably, if yeah. you do the vulnerability part, emotional vulnerability part, it's going to have some effect on how you can be physically intimate, um, which is just sort of an expression or a sign of right of that emotional or even spiritual intimacy that you have mm-hmm. with your partner, um, which includes some, yeah, just vulnerability, weakness, right? sharing insecurities and yep. supporting one another or, or even just receiving. Yes. If you're willing to have a conversation with your partner about things that you're struggling with or, um, your family issues growing up and how they've impacted you and really confronting things that you're doing in the relationship that may be having a negative impact. If you're doing that, sitting on the couch with one another and really tolerating the discomfort and the pain that can arise and really, like we talked about last time, really revealing yourself and being truly known and your partner not taking that personally, letting you work that out, um, holding space uh, for you to do that, and them also doing that with themselves in your presence, that's going to have an impact on your, how, how the level of intimacy that you experience during sex. Um, sex isn't inherently intimate. Um, now, also, you can reverse that. You can the more willing you and your partner are to push yourselves in your own individual limits when it comes to sex, um, which doesn't necessarily mean trying the craziest positions. It could just be um, in that moment really, really, truly feeling your partner when you're with them and even potentially communicating any thoughts or insecurities that arise and even talking about it in the moment if you want to, or really taking them inside um, in more ways than one. But um, that's going to have an impact outside the bedroom as well. So they really play off one of an, play off each other, or they can. Um, but people are really scared to be known. And I think that... Um, as we move along in our relationships and the more central that person becomes to us, um, the more irreplaceable they are, the more important they become to us, the more difficult it can be to really reveal ourselves sexually or otherwise. 
Um, we care a lot about their approval. We don't want them to reject us. And that can really decrease your desire if you really allow that to prevent you from uh, revealing yourself sexually or otherwise, um, or trying something new or saying something to your partner about your sexual relationship that maybe you're dissatisfied with, or maybe that you want to try. Um, if you, if you, if your partner is more important than you are to yourself, um, that's going to, that's going to make you very afraid to really put your guard down and allow yourself to be seen and really receive what's happening in the moment. It's interesting how little uh, couples will talk about sex with each other outside mm -hmm. of, you know, initiating it or, mm -hmm. or um, during or after. They just they just want it to happen. Yeah. <laughs> you know, instead of <laughs> right. like, let's talk about what's Seamless. going into it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I get it. What What are the insecurities, especially if there's a high high desire mm -hmm. partner and a lower desire partner, um, to talk about it and and to figure out what's mm -hmm. going on, right? Right. It's just sort of like they just want it to work. Yes. And you were talking earlier about, um, like levels of intimacy mm -hmm. you know there, there yeah. are levels of intimacy people a lot of times think of um, intimacy as like this destination where you land you know <laughs> when you first get into a relationship or at some point in the relationship and then you just like try to stay there the rest of your mm -hmm. relationship yeah which is not really how it works at all it's it's probably more like you know we may have some level of intimacy at the beginning of the relationship and then but through the confronting and encountering these insecurities that we're talking about or pains or heartbreaks um, or just something that's not mm -hmm. working about it or that doesn't feel intimate to one or both partners. Um, right. Confronting those and addressing whatever that mm -hmm. is sort of unlocks a deeper intimacy. You're, you're known more, you're known differently. Um, and then that translates to your sexual relationship if it, if it wasn't already sort of about the sexual relationship. Um, right. So deeper, you know, it's sort of just like going deeper and deeper mm -hmm. into, you know, there's more, probably more comfort at those deeper levels of intimacy. There's more security because ultimately you, you are more, more fully known and accepted. Yep. Um, so it's really, it's a lifelong process. Yes. <laughs> people, people think of it as, you know, you have this, the intimacy, you arrive at the intimacy or there's like this peak of, of intimacy in a relationship mm -hmm. and then it sort of wanes over time. But that's not actually, it doesn't have to be like that, mm -mm. Mm -mm. which is good. No, I mean, yeah, that's good news. That's good <laughs> news. So, um, yeah, it doesn't matter how long you've been together or what age you are, you always have the opportunity to really explore your sexual potential. Um, and, you know, really, as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking about how, um, again, I think just really changing how you view and your perspective of 
um, what sex should be like or how it should be or what um, what sex looks like in an intimate relationship. You know, I think people really... It's an uncomfortable topic sometimes for people, and I think that it's really difficult to come to your partner and say to them, um, look, there's something going on in our sexual relationship that I want to talk about because we take it so personally. So really... Mm really looking at it as again just individual things that are going on and really not getting defensive and not taking it personally because if you guys are caught in this back and forth around um, your partner's lack of desire or your partner's difficulty in sex as a reflection on you um, which is very common it's not abnormal to do that. It's a lot how we, a lot like how we live our lives in general. We take a lot of things personally. It's no different when it comes to sex. Um, really not taking it as a personal reflection on you. And also, if you are the partner that is bringing this issue up, saying, look, this is happening, and not, um, why don't you want more sex? What's wrong with you? Um, why don't you think I'm attractive, which those aren't necessarily inherently bad questions, but it really takes the, um, it makes it more of a productive conversation versus, um, a very personal sort of attack on each other. Mm -hmm. So really you're not going to have a conversation about sex that goes anywhere if you're locked into this um, back and forth thing around it because um, it's all in just like <laughs> just like um, we ask you to take a look at how you're having the sex that you're doing really taking a look at how you're having the conversations that you're having really um, because you're not going to get anywhere with anything it's gonna get really way off the topic um if it becomes this defense fencing match between you two so really i think that could be a good place for people to start if they're interested in just having conversations about any difficult topic in a relationship but especially around sex because it's so so closely we take it so closely connected with how we feel about ourselves um and how that is so normal, but it also really can set us up for uh, sexual desire problems. Mm -hmm. So uh, let's just talk about a lot of the things that go into sexual desire and, and sexuality for people um, mm -hmm. because they're, it's a pretty complex thing. It's not, you know, every person is pretty complex as far as their experiences that they've had, their physiology, um, their the relationships that mm -hmm. they've been involved in you know and so on and so on so so um i mean maybe we can just talk a little bit about what are all the things that are um that go into your sexuality mm -hmm. because those are all the points where um it's important to be discovering and knowing yourself well so that you can right um 
sort of work that out in conjunction with all the complexity of your partner's sexuality, right? Um, yes. Because th- those two are intersecting with each other. Where they meet is kind of what your sexual relationship ends up being like. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of places where insecurities or um, disconnections can happen. And, and so, you know, just so people get an idea, like, if I, ha- you know, if I'm having issues in my, with my sexual relationship right. with my partner, um, or even just with my own sexuality mm-hmm. personally, like what what would be the things that I would look at? Well, that's a good question. I mean, for me, I'm always just just inclined to think about. I like I like to look at things in terms of just programming. You know what I mean? What mm-hmm. What are my current feelings about sex, intimacy, different things like that, and um, just taking an honest look of at how how that's manifesting now, and um, I like to try to take kind of a historical perspective and um, see, you know, how that how that programming kind of uh, you know accumulated, um, and to explore that. Um, that's kind of the approach that I that I like to take. I think if you can examine it that way, then it can be helpful because you've got some context around what what's going on, maybe on a on a deeper level. You know, you're allowing yourself to kind of access something mm-hmm. that's less less conscious. <clears throat> I think it's also an opportunity to kind of take it less, like not as not as as personally, because mm-hmm. you're just we're all just picking up stuff along the way, you know what I mean? And so um, it's good to be able to explore that and look at that and say, what are these things that I maybe unconsciously picked up along the way that I need to look at and maybe throw out or challenge, you know? Um, I don't know if that answers your question, but that's kind of the perspective that I take. I think it allows you to maybe not take so much of this personally because uh and i like what whitney said about um how we especially in sex we can take things so yeah so personally so personally but when we really kind of put the pieces on the table it's just it's just as impersonal as it is personal you know what i mean when when we have a partner who is, um, you know, has their own things that they picked up along the way and they have certain desires or they see something that they're wanting to change in the sexual relationship. Well, that's coming from their vernacular and the things that they've picked up, which is, is theirs. You know what I mean? And so it, I think it, taking this perspective helps us kind of depersonalize some Mm -hmm. of these things that we can just automatically internalize and make about us and for me it just kind of slows it slows it all down you know Mm -hmm. what I mean it takes the the danger uh, out of it all it's not this ticking time bomb kind of 
thing anymore. Um, it just kind of takes the air out of all of that, which I, in a good in a good way, where things can just be looked at and talked yeah. about and worked through and um, explored together, as opposed to this performance kind of perspective, where someone has the problem and the other person doesn't, or there's this standards based kind of thing. I mean, we really can do quite a good job at applying the standards based perspective on the sexual relationship and um i think largely it's just problematic you know what i mean i'm not not saying that there shouldn't be some there that there's not room for that but when you're just applying like a standards based approach to sexual relationship you're really creating uh almost kind of an, an an adversarial perspective to the whole right. thing which i think is limiting yeah this is another example of something that maybe you really want or need to say to your partner but you don't want to and i think when we know that our partner or ourselves are going to take it so personally we or we don't want to reveal ourselves or we don't want to tolerate the discomfort or of bringing this conversation up with our partner like look there's something I'm not happy with in the relationship and we're caught up in that programming around our own experiences and it's so personal you're never gonna bring it up to your partner because you know they're gonna get reactive right so that um, I think a lot of people let that prevent them from even touching the subject. Um, that doesn't mean you can't explore on your own. Um, I encourage people to really, to not let their fears of their partner's reaction to prevent them from saying anything that needs to be talked about in the relationship. Um, again, letting that fear isn't, going to do anybody any good in that situation. Um, and it's really up to each person how many times they're willing to attempt to offer their partner to step into the conversation around sex with them. But um, if, yeah, if we're caught up in taking it so personally, um, it's not going to get us anywhere. So, um, yeah, I agree with you completely on that. So, so it's not really you. It's your programming or some of the things that have happened to you mm -hmm. or, or some of the experiences that you've had that have kind of formed your desires, your fears, um, your preferences with regard to sex, right? And we but we tend to sort of own those or, or yeah. believe that they are us. It, it, I would say that, that it, that's the perfect way to, to say it. You know what I mean? I mean, it's, you know, when... We're, we just accumulate things kind of unknowingly you know what I mean Deep, deeply when we have when we have a feeling about something right our our unconscious just absorbs it right and then acts on it and you know creates creates things well this is happening so quick and so subtly throughout life you know we 
have to give ourselves permission and the awareness that we're we're picking up a lot of mm-hmm. stuff and especially when it's something as emotionally or energetically charged as like sex i mean we're our society is very sexualized so we're picking up a lot of things right and so but that's not us it's just it's just what's been kind of accumulated you know it's it's the it's how we've been impressed right it's Mm-hmm. It's the it's the it's how we've been it's the impressions that have been made upon us that doesn't mean that that's us or, or that that has any kind of qualitative remark on 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 who we are it just means what's there you know what what's there what's been accumulated and what needs to kind of be sifted through it's yeah. yeah. So some of those things are, you know, how we look at gender, you know, how we look at what it means to be a man or what it means to be a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, those gender obviously plays into sexuality, our sexuality. Um, some some of those things are going to be like what you think about yourself or how you how you view yourself. Um, it could be how you view other people, too. For example, if you, um, you know, sort of have come upon this belief that other people are there to meet your needs or whatever, then that's going to play into the sexual relationship or, um, you know, one of the ways that we can view others is just sort of as objects to meet our needs in that way, um, rather than viewing them as a, as another person with needs and desires and feelings, Mm -hmm. you know, um, Mm -hmm. which, you know, sort of affects the, the sexual relationship. Um, again, just how, how we, the family relationships that we've had and, and how, um, we've been, how we've interacted with those people, how nurturing those relationships have been, if those relationships have been harsh or, Mm -hmm. um, critical or, um, abusive even, or absent, Mm -hmm. um, then those, those types of things can affect our sexuality as well. I, I think a big one I, I mentioned earlier, I'll go back to, um, is just how you look at yourself. You know, we were talking about, um, you know, certain, sometimes certain people just have a difficult time being initiators or they have a diff- difficult time being dominant or aggressive or mm-hmm. um, just um, confident even mm-hmm. in relationships in general but in sexual relationships as well and and that has a lot to do with how you look at yourself right Um, yes and uh and so like how you look at yourself is going to play out in the sexual relationship and that is an important thing for you to gain insight into and just be able to work with so that you can you know if there are hurt places or insecure places and you and just in how you look at yourself, then it might be a good idea to address those. And that's the gift that you get in sex. It's not mm-hmm. just about getting your needs met or your desires fulfilled. It's about, you know, being healed even. Really? Right? Yeah. I think <laughs> if someone wants to start a conversation with their partner, and I think confronting yourself and exploring these in the presence of your partner is the best thing um 
if you really are looking to explore a deeper level of intimacy and really being known, if you're willing to tolerate um, the pain and really stick your neck out and um, really want to go after a richer relationship experience, I think that would be the way to go. But yeah, family experiences, your relationships with your caregivers are all things that have major impacts in um, your sexual attitudes and how you approach sex. I think, you know, people have really um, I think people come into the sexual relationship a lot like that first phase we had spoken about that it's supposed to be just this kind of flowing seamless um, time and any time that there's this discomfort or maybe a mismatch or difficulty with a sexual relationship um, that can also make us think that we're not with the right partner um, that's another time you can really use that change in perspective to not let that scare you or drive you out of the relationship because, um, that whole idea around, um, being a self in relationship also plays out in the sexual arena as well, because, um, a lot of times if our partner has a preference that we don't like, or that makes us feel insecure or uncomfortable, we say, no, I don't think so. I'm not going to go there. That mm -hmm. makes me uncomfortable. I'm not going to do that. Right. Which you don't have to do anything really, but, um, are you willing and open to exploring maybe why that is? And at least, um, putting the effort in and really trying to push your limits and not asking your partner to live within your, um, limitations sexually or otherwise too. And, um, it really isn't just about, um, so much can be looked at when it comes to the initiation of sex. I think that's a major window into um, your bigger relationship functioning. Um, hmm. What it means to be the higher desire partner in initiating sex and what it means to be the lower desire partner. And again, neither one is better than the other. It's just um, really exploring what those mean. I think those are good starting places for people to enter into it. It will be uncomfortable though. You can expect it to be a difficult conversation, but, um, it really, you'll really be amazed. I think if you push yourself to have these conversations and it, your voice may be shaky or maybe, um, trying new things in bed is going to feel awkward or whatever, but does that mean that it's wrong or that uh, it shouldn't be happening? Just because um, it's a little uncomfortable. Right. Or maybe yeah. it doesn't feel quite um, like you. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And really, really in the name of loving well. Um, and I think that, like you guys have said, the sexual relationship offers opportunities to really look at yourself individually and explore those things in the presence of your partner and um, push your limits and really tolerate that pain um, and really going after what you want. Um, it's going to be the best sort of container for that within the larger relationship functioning. So I think it just, you know, 
it just allows us that that tension that comes up is just it's it's natural and it's something that Joel and I have talked about in previous podcasts is that you know this this tension and the anxiety is we have this idea that it's 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 problematic or it means this that something is wrong and what we have the opportunity to do is is to instead see tension or anxiety as something that needs to be expressed and especially in a couple relationship that Mm -hmm. can probably be a little bit harder but when space is opened up right when when someone enters into tension and space is opened up then whatever energy there is inside on a unconscious or subconscious level or even consciously mm-hmm. is expressed it opens up potential right and when there's a of a flow right that when there's a flow and a free exchange of expression of what's going on in two people's consciousness then there is healing there's connection there's harmony there's collaboration mm-hmm. you know that's kind of what we have the opportunity to kind of really challenge and enter into and investigate in, in, you know, through the vernacular of a sexual relationship. Tension and anxiety is is just just a sign that something needs to be expressed. If there's one thing that I hope people really take away is just being open and willing to change their perspective on the sexual relationship and what it means and that there's a lot of opportunity there to really strengthen the relationship it can be the sexual relationship can be the most sensitive difficult part but it can also present the most opportunity to really get as close and really feel and be present with your partner if that's what you want. Some people aren't interested in entering into that and that's ultimately their choice and that's okay. Um, But I think if you're willing to, if what you want is to reach, um, push past your own limits and really love your partner well and really love yourself well and find another way to really resolve and push past these insecurities and fears and the sexual relationship is going to be a great opportunity to do that Um, because um, if you're lying there naked with your partner there's not much um, there's not much defense there to hide right so um, really seeing it as another opportunity uh, for growth and for really ultimately loving and being loved in a way that you never maybe thought was possible. That's great. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Whitney. (laughs) Thanks, Whitney. (laughs) Thank you, guys.